It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman, along with me, as always, is Steve Balsheri and Derek Cavins. This episode, basically at the end of the show, we'll be focusing on the upcoming game against the Jets. For that, we're going to talk about the different positions on the team and give a little bit of a review. So this should be interesting. I also have a couple bonus topics to start the show. So this should be fun. Before we go on any, any further, always want to mention, please do subscribe on YouTube to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel and also an Apple podcast to Patriots 4th and 2. It does help other Patriots fans find us. Okay, guys, let's get to it. So like I mentioned, we're going to be reviewing the different positions. I thought we'd have some fun with that. But before we do that, I have an interesting topic, two of them. So let's start here. And Steve, I'm going to give you first crack at this, okay? Which team's fans hate their coach or coaches more? Is it Josh McDaniels with the Raiders? Or is it Joe Judge and Matt Patricia with the Patriots? Thought we'd have a little fun. Wow, that is a great question, Russ. Steve, over to you. You are growing. Well, I, I would say this. I think it's neck and neck, and we might need absentee voting that'll take three or four days. Okay. But I'm still going to stick with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Okay. I think it's close, though. I think it's very Go on close. Twitter. I think it's very close. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're going to go with Judge and Patricia. I'm going to go to you, Derek. <laughs> your thoughts on this. Wow. <laughs> right, I, off, right off the I, bat, I, Derek. How about that? I, Russ, I'm not kidding you. In the 10 years we have done the show, I think I've never been proud of you, proud oh, of you more than this moment. Oh, God. <laughs> that is an amazing question, and I love <laughs> the hate behind it. Um <laughs> I will go with the Raiders, but it's a, like Steve said, it's neck and neck. I mean, it's the governor race in Arizona. It's down to the last few. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, for the Raiders side, briefly, yeah. I know we're not a Raiders show, for the Raiders side, I think the expectations for that team were just through the roof because they were, you know, they were, you know, right in the, you know, kind of the thick of things last year. And then they added Devontae Adams and, 
I think people just overlooked the defense and that whole issue. And, and Hey, I mean, they have lost three 17 point leads this season alone. I mean, we're halfway through the year and that it's just, that's just brutal. And I thought Derek Carr at the podium the other day, um, I thought he just sounded like a man that was just like dejected and he was calling out his teammates. I mean, that's a really, I know, I know Mark Davis already came out and kind of backed Josh for next year, but that's a, that's a, that's a really tough situation. He's already in. I think if Brandon Ziegler wasn't tied to Josh McDaniels, this might be a one and done thing. Um, On the flip side, I think Patriots fans have been upset about the Matt Patricia and Joe judge thing from the beginning and I do think that they don't like, I would say, the, I don't want to speak for every Patriots fan, but I think that a lot of fans uh, aren't happy with Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. But I think at the same time, I would say that, you know, is it the biggest problem on the team? No. I think there's a lot of issues. They're towards the top, but it's not like people are looking at Josh McDaniels and going like, you know, Kind of like wringing his neck. Uh, so I would say the Raiders by hair. Okay. So I'm going to share a couple comments. Yeah, and a follow-up Chris- from Chris, which is a good one, right? Yeah, Raiders, I, easy I answer. like his follow-up better. Here we go. As a follow-up, why do Patriots assistants struggle as head coaches? Fantastic question. Steve, I'll give you first crack at this. I think that they're, you know, they grew up working with Belichick and they see – they grew up as coaches, I mean, right? You know, working with Bill Belichick, and they've seen how he runs the show, and they try to emulate that because that's what they know, and it's not really effective for them because they're trying to emulate him instead of trying to be themselves and go forward. Okay, that's interesting. Do you think that maybe McDaniels has been trying to do the opposite and it still hasn't worked because they've taken a, a little bit different approach? Yes. I think Josh, uh, <clears throat> you know, he tried to do that the first time. It, it failed miserably after a nice start. Uh, he's taken the opposite approach and now <laughs> he's had a horrible start. So may, maybe it will turn around for them. I think – even with their issues on defense and Derek Carr, I think is a really good quarterback. I don't think he's a top tier one, right? But they have too much talent to be two and seven. You totally know? agree. Totally agree, Steve. I mean, when the- we saw them this summer, I mean, you know, during joint practices and then the, uh, they were uh, great. you know, the preseason game, they looked really good. I agree, Steve. I agree. Derek, what are your thoughts about this? And do you think that it is a situation where they try to emulate Belichick? You, you could talk a little bit about the first two coaches. We're talking about Judge and Patricia. I don't think that McDaniels is doing this now. He might have done it at first, but it just hasn't worked. And like you mentioned, a lot of talent there, but well, it just Matt, hasn't worked. For Matt and Joe, I think their issues were they came in with like this really thick headedness you know just really like they like just no nonsense like they came you know how bill you know bill can be kind of an asshole sometimes and i think joe judge and matt patricia like in their opening press conference i thought they i thought they did that you know joe judge is going up there like 
We're going to, you know, have a, have a team that represents the city of New York. And Matt Patricia's, you know, asking reporters to sit up in their chair when they're asking questions. And it's like, Jesus, guys, come. You know, it's like they, they, it's like they just, they expected and, you know, demanded respect without ever earning it. Where Joe, Josh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. And I think things will, I think things could even out on the backside for him. But I'm not really sure exactly what the problem is from his standpoint, to be honest. I think sometimes coaches who fail as head coaches, and this isn't just Patriots assistance, but I just think it's a, I think it's just a problem because it's a hard thing to do because right. it takes humility, is delegating. And I think sometimes people don't know how to delegate when they move up. So, you, you know, you try to do too much and you have to have that humility to know, hey, yeah, I am the head coach. And there's a lot of decisions to make. And I'm really good, let's say, on the offense. So defensively, I need to delegate and trust two or three people to handle some roles on that side of the ball. And I don't think enough coaches do that. And I think a lot of Patriots assistants fail because of coming in, demanding respect, that earning it because they saw someone above them who got all the respect and they didn't know how to delegate. Those would be my two, my two answers. That's actually really good there, Derek. Steve, before we move on, your thoughts on what Derek shared there? I think that's those are all great points. Okay, good stuff. All right, guys, let's move on. And we're going to talk about a topic we talked about to preview the season, actually to preview the Dolphins game. So, guys, let's go back to it. Do you guys still think Josh Allen is an MVP candidate? Now, if you look at his statistics, he ha- already has 10 interceptions, which is kind of high. It's, it's kind of high for right now. I was checking out his stats. And um, Josh Allen, when I just said, I thought he might take a step back without having that coach with him. I'm not saying that he has, but I think he has a little bit of Brett Favre and maybe even more than a little bit. Derek? Is he still an MVP candidate? Absolutely, he is. And okay. um, I, I I think that a lot of people have been – I've noticed after this Vikings this Vikings win, which was, by the way, a phenomenal football game. <laughs> just just Vikings-Bills on Sunday was such a good game. It was, it, it was just tremendous. But uh, great drama. But anyway, um, I think that after this game I've, – I've, I've heard this, Russ, a couple of times from a couple of different media members nationally – and I'll just say this: I I feel like that it, you know his elbow is clearly hurting him, but the problems right now are in his head. He's trying to make too many things happen, and they're you know physically from from a physically gifted perspective. I didn't watch Elway a ton. You know, I was very young when he was. I remember him playing. I don't remember seeing a quarterback as physically gifted as Josh Allen. I don't. Okay. Um, now we'll see. I mean, he has to you know to your to your um, question, Russ. We'll see if he can eliminate those Brett Favre like mistakes uh, because you know he can't. Right? He's he's turning the ball over too much. Way you know, too he's much also he, he also, he's also um, since 2019 he's never won in an overtime game, which is one of those stats. Zero and four. You know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. But at the end of the day, the results are the results, right? So. Um, something to think about there. I, I just think that for Josh, the it's, there's a lot going on in his head. And the one thing I'll lastly, the last thing I'll say about the bills is they were by many, the Super Bowl favorites coming into the season. And 
pressure changes things for some teams. Some teams play better with it. Some teams play worse with it. And some teams know how to win and some teams don't. And I think, you know, a lot of teams are, a lot of people are talking about the Chiefs and Bills as the best two teams in the AFC. Well, I, I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think they know how to win. They've done it. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, I'm not sure they do. And that whole Bills team, and we saw some stupid, stupid decisions by the head coach, yeah, by the quarterback, and by the team this last Sunday. As great as that game was, it they should have it should have never been that close because of decisions that they made. So we'll see if they know how to win because I'm not sure they do. I think they could be a stupid team. Okay. Um, but yes, he is still an MVP candidate. Okay, Steve, over to you. Your thoughts on all of this, because I think it's great that Derek brought in McDermott, the situation with him. Do they know how to win? I think that's a factor. I also think the Brett Favre factor is a factor because he does do this, and I've seen it consistently now in his career. So for me, it's not that you can't be a great quarterback because obviously Brett Favre is a Hall of Famer, but if you want to win consistently, I think you need to cut out some of these errors that – Josh Allen is doing. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, like Derek said uh, a few minutes ago, I mean, I don't think there's any quarterback as totally physically talented as him. I mean, he's he's the size of – he's actually bigger than some NFL linebackers. Right. I mean, he run, he's fast. Uh, he runs with power. He runs with, uh, you know, he can be elusive. Um, he has a cannon for an arm and he knows how to use his weapons. His issue is, you know, there's never a play that he doesn't think he can make. And sometimes like that overtime, that was only second down. So he didn't have to try to force that in. But, uh, you know, when I rewatched that tape, um, I forget the, the Viking now, he's, uh, he's, I lost his uh, name, who intercepted that pass. Allen first started looking to his left. Patrick Peterson? Was it Patrick yes, Peterson? Patrick okay. Peterson. Wow. And when Allen started looking to his left, when he started to scan back to the right, Peterson stopped. And when Allen scanned by, he missed him. And he threw the ball in a perfect spot for Peterson to pick it off. That was a great play by Peterson. But, again, you know, he tries – to force things sometimes when he doesn't need to. I know if it was third or fourth down in overtime, you got to take your shot. But on second down, he could have tossed it away and lived to fight another day or just scrambled for a couple of yards and and continue on that way. Um, But back to the first question, is he still an MVP candidate? Absolutely. Even though his elbow's hurting, you know – if the Bills right the ship and they start, you know, thumping teams again, <laughs> I think he'll be right back in the mix. And remember, they beat Kansas City this earlier this year in Arrowhead. So yep. that counts for a lot. It does, Steve. I want to go back to something that Derek was mentioning. We talk about McDermott because I think this is a valid topic to go along with the MVP, but a bigger picture for the Bills. And listen, we were spoiled – by having Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together. And I think Sean McDermott's a good coach, but I think he's also a hothead. And I think his emotions sometimes get the best of him. 
I think he has a tendency, I could be wrong, to make bad decisions based yeah. on emotions. So yeah. could this yeah, be never, an issue? Never too. make a decision when you're mad. No. Yeah. He, he, and he, I do agree with you. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, um, I would take him over certainly a lot of others in the league. Um, oh, yeah. But, but, you know, I, I, I was dis- not disappointed, but not surprised to see like that decision, for example, to pass up the field goal late in the game and make it a 13 point game. I think in his mind, he thought he was going to try to end the game by getting it. But I think sometimes these coaches are overthinking it, guys. I just think they overthink it. And I know, I know that the Bills offense is great. And I know that, you know, there are certain you know situations that dictate it and, you trust your offense, and Josh Allen is that guy. I, I get all that, but sometimes you just got to take the points. I mean, put it this way. Like, the Bills doing it to the Vikings makes no sense. If you were saying the Vikings were doing it to the Bills, I might agree with you a little bit more because you know the Bills can score a lot, right? So if if if, if the Patriots were playing the Chiefs or the Bills or one of those high-caliber offenses, or the Patriots or anybody else, you know, you're like – you might need to go forward a little bit more. You right. need to be more aggressive because you need sevens and not threes, right? Football math. You're the Bills playing the Vikings. You're at home. Take the points. Make the Vikings make the Vikings score two touchdowns and hit two extra points. Which, by the way, they missed an extra point anyways. <laughs> so it's it, it's like it, it, sometimes it's like they they you they they're looking you know they're looking for the the end reward, but they have a an easier route and they just can't focus on it. And I, so many, so many, so many head coaches make that, pro- make, make that mistake. Well, it's a great point, Derek. And it's funny. Cause I actually heard Tony Khan on WEI and Tony actually has a, a media company an analytical company that deals with stats called true media. And many teams use their product. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about this when I'm listening to this, how much is this analytics? I, I know it's it's a popular topic now, but I'm starting to think analytics are playing a more a role in the NFL than we probably think it is. Oh, I think I think it totally does, Russ. Honestly, and I think it, I think it happens even more in critical situations. I think the analytics in see in baseball, the analytics are kind of throughout the game on every side. Where I think the NFL, I think the analytics really go into play. Third and short, fourth and short, red zone, late game situations. And I think the younger coaches that I think the younger coaches that maybe don't have the experience are going to lean on the analytics where the older coaches probably go with a little bit of both. Um, You know, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say that Bill doesn't use analytics. Of course he does. I think. I think basically analytics was like half of Ernie Adams' job when he was when he was with the Patriots. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but. But I think, and that's just me guessing. I don't know. I think he did a lot of things. I just think that he just did a lot of analytical type roles. Uh, and Bill has acknowledged that that analytics have been around for a long time and they're more prevalent now than ever. But I do think for for the younger coaches, you probably lean on that a little bit more, you know. The and, and I and I get that. Um, I just think sometimes, even if you know they say, "All right, Bills, you have a you have a." 87% chance to win the game if you get the first down here and you have a 66% chance of making it, hypothetically. Yeah. I still think, I would still argue, okay, well, you, you're you going to take an easy three and do exactly what I just said a second ago. Make the team do the work. You're at home. You have, the, you have a good defense. You have a good quarterback. You're at home. Make them do the work. 
don't don't pull yours. Yeah, it'd be nice to end the game, but you don't have to do it right now. You know, it's it's like the teams that go for the two point conversion early. You, extend the game. Just take the points. Worry about the later point. You know, worry about the points later. Just take take the easy points now. You know, it sometimes the coaches fight themselves. I don't know. Didn't expect there. didn't expect the rant to go that way, guys, but, <laughs> but that's how it happens. That's okay. Good stuff. All right. For time's sake, just because this could take us a while, I do want to look at and review and grade many positions, but we're going to kind of do it a little rapid fire. So I'm going to go back and forth with you guys. So Steve, I'm going to give you first crack at the quarterbacks. Okay. Let's not spend too much time. I want you to grade the quarterback so far for the Patriots. That includes Bailey Zappi, by the way, overall, this group give a grave a to F. Well, uh, it's funny. You mentioned that because I did that on Sunday I, <laughs> And I, I gave the quarterbacks a C. A C. Um, you know, um, I, I think all of them had their good and bad moments. Um, you know, but it, it's really tough to accurately grade some of your skilled position players that includes your quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers with the state of the offensive line, but I, I did say, you know, with Mac Jones, uh, you know, you look at the big picture of things. They installed a new offense this year yep. and it wasn't working through training camp preseason. And they still went with it. They have a new offensive coordinator. They have a new play caller. And overall the offensive line has been a mess and, you know, and, then your play design has been very uncreative. So it's, it's tough, but overall I give them a C it hasn't been an absolute train wreck, but it hasn't been good either. Okay. Derek over to you. I'm going to give you the running backs. Feel free to give a grade for the quarterbacks as well, just so we can move it along just a little bit. So your thoughts on the running backs. And also if you want to grade the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks C, I I agreed with I agree with Steve. For running backs, I would give the running backs an A minus. I think they have been I think they've been very good. Uh, I think the emergence of Ramondre Stevenson has been incredibly important to this football team. I would put Ramondre Stevenson with Judon and Nick Folk as the three MVPs of this of this team right now. I mean, I can't imagine where they would be without those three guys. Um, and, uh, I, you know, Damian Harris has done a solid role. They've had some nice depth. But uh, I, I'll give the running backs an A-minus, guys. Okay. Steve, over to you. The running backs, and then we're going to go right to the tight ends. This should yeah, be fun. I, and I don't think Claire's watching live, so. <laughs> um, the running backs, I, I gave them a, a solid B. Um, and, again, it's tough because – you know, uh, Phil Perry uh, posted on Twitter the other day that uh, in the last month, 79% of Ramondre Stevenson's yardage came after contact. So that speaks really well oh, of yeah. him, but it also speaks really badly of your offensive line, you know, because he's getting hit far too often behind the line of scrimmage. So where would he be if they were blocking really well? I think, you know. His numbers would skyrocket. Anyway, tight ends, C. C. And and again, their production is way, way down. Um, and again, uh, can they get open better? Sure. But 
Are they using them correctly and using them enough? The answer is absolutely not. You know, Jonu Smith's only been targeted 23 times in nine games. Wow. You know, um, Hunter Henry's only caught 19 passes, and, you know, but um, in the past five games, he's caught 14. So maybe things are starting to finally trend up. But, you know, uh, Matt Sokol had a cameo in the Detroit game, but he's mainly, uh, you know, an emergency type of guy. But I give them a C. Okay. Derek, this is an interesting group. The wide receivers, and feel free to give a grade for the tight ends. Tight ends, I'd give a C plus, but it's really not their fault. I think they've been okay, but they haven't really been involved that much. Um, I agree with Steve. For receivers, um, I'll go with – a B minus. I think they have been. It's a C plus. I I'm positive today, guys. I don't know. I'll, wow. I'll go see. I'll go C plus. But a C plus B minus. I I don't I don't love how Kendrick Bourne has been utilized. I don't think he's played well when he's been utilized. But I think that's also kind of rolled into just like the choppiness of his situation. Um, aglor has been benched for Thornton, which. On the surface, sounds like a bad thing, but actually is a good thing. I don't, I don't think Thornton's really done that much, but I think it's nice to get him some valuable reps. Uh, and Jacoby Myers is really the savior of this unit, obviously. And Devontae Parker kind of is what he is. You know, I mean, I, I have no problem with Devontae Parker on this team. I know he's not the same player he was. I think we all acknowledge that when he was uh, brought into this team. But I think, I think in a jump ball situation, a red zone situation, a sideline situation – He's made a little over 50% of those deep ball situations. He is that 50-50 guy. I'll, I'll go I'll go C plus. I'll go C plus for the for the receivers. Um it could be better though. It it, it needs to be better, but I do think unfortunately a lot, a lot of these offensive issues are kind of hand in hand and and they're part of the problem. Okay. Well, that's going to lead to talk about where we all probably Easy. agree on. The <laughs> offensive line has been a disaster. However, for whatever reason, Steve the offensive line has played well with Bailey Zappi, which is very strange. So feel free to give a grade on the wide receivers. And then let's talk about probably the biggest issue besides talking about Judge and Patricia and the Patriots is the offensive line. <laughs> well, I, I gave the wide receivers again a C. Okay. I think uh, Jacoby Myers has been his normal, reliable self. <clears throat> Devontae Parker's been inconsistent, but. He's averaging 24, 21.4 yards per catch. So, I, you know, and, I, and like Derek said, a lot of these problems go hand in hand, which leads us you – know, I, I agree with him on Aguilar and Bourne. And, and I think Thornton's coming along nicely. I yeah, think, great. you know, he's going to be – I think he's going to be fine. You know, he's getting some reps. I think we'll see an uptick in him. Defensive um, – offensive line, <laughs> and they have been offensive. I, I give him a D and maybe that's being generous. It is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's a couple of positives. I think Michael Owenu has been fine. Yeah. You know, he's, he's um, been David Andrews when he's been in there has been fine. So, and Trent Brown, you know, for all the talk about him being, um, you know, always injured, he's played every snap this year. Yeah. So that's a good thing. And he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad either. I think, you know, with Cole Strange, a lot of people talked about him hitting a rookie wall. That could very well be, 
because when you look at the big picture, you know, he went through all the draft process. Then there was, you know, OTAs, mini camps, training camp, preseason, then nine games of the regular season. You know, maybe that week off was really good for him. But the main issue, as we all know, because I think the interior will solidify once Andrews gets back. But the main issue is right tackle, which has been an absolute disaster. They started with Isaiah Wynn. He was benched for poor play. They brought back uh, Marcus Cannon, um, you know, who's still good again, you know, with the run, but not against speed rushers. Then he's, you know, he's on IR. They went back to win. Then they've gone to Yodnika Juice. They still don't have an answer yet. I, I think this is the Achilles heel of the offense. I think that, you know, moving forward, if these guys don't pick up their play on the right side, you're going to have to leave a tight end in to at least chip on every down. Okay. Excellent stuff, Steve. All right. We're going to go to the other side of the ball. Don't worry, Derek. I'm going to give you your opportunity to share your thoughts on, on the offensive line, but I do want to focus on the defensive line. But before that, feel free to share your thoughts on the offensive line. I'm going to agree with, our friend Chris Goodwin, he gave it an F as an epic failure. I think overall, even though there are positives that Steve has mentioned, I'm going to say an F because it has let this team down. So that's why it's an F for me overall. Yeah, I agree. I do think that some of the positives that Steve mentioned are true, but I would still say if you could fix one thing on this team right now, and give them a boost for the second half. I would say if you could turn the Patriots off the line into an absolute road grader, I think they could really have a chance to make the playoffs. I think they, I think you, I think everything on offense would change if they could fix what's going on up front. I think a lot of their problems, including what's going on in the quarterback's head, hat starts up front with the offense. That's how bad it is. Um, but Anyway, F, I agree. Um, defensive line, I'll go with B. I think it's been solid. I think that the emergence of Dietrich Wise has been one of the more, I mean, I don't. I won't say it's an underrated, but I think it's underappreciated in some aspects. Um, I, 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 I think people are talking about it, but to really see how much of an increase in playing time Dietrich Wise has taken a step up has been huge, um, especially when Lawrence Guy and... Christian Barmore have missed a lot of time. They've still had guys come in and really play well. And they've had some guys kind of rotate in. I think the defensive line has been solid. Uh, there's been a couple of small issues with, with some running game, a, a couple of games with some running issues, but I think overall they've done a really nice job up front. Um, I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised because I was very worried about the unit heading into the year. Okay. Very good. All right, Steve, over to you. We're now going to go to the linebackers, but before we do, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, defensive line. And just so you know, I'm just dropping off for just a second. I'll be right back, okay? Yep. Defensive line, I agree with you, Derek. I think it's a B. I mean, um, you know, Dietrich Wise has been playing an incredible amount of snaps, and hopefully yep. now that Barmore's back, they'll, they'll get him a little bit more rest in there because I don't want to see what happened to Matthew Judon uh, happened to him this year. I mean, you know, he's played 461 snaps on defense and 71 on special teams. That's it. And for a 300 pound defensive lineman, 
That is incredible. But I think Barmore is a star in the making. And once they get him back, Lawrence Guy, they have a really solid front line. I think Devin uh, Devon Godshaw, you know, he's he's turned his uh, his nice extension into some quality reps this season, you know. Um, but moving on to the linebackers, I give him an A minus. I, I know a lot of people in in uh, sports media and some fans think they they need a, a an upgrade again. I think this uh, linebacker group is really good. I think they're just kind of finding their feet. They're finding where guys fit. Um, obviously, Matthew Judon has been an absolute beast this year. Um, you know, he leads the NFL in sacks uh, with 11 and a half. He's third in the league in quarterback pressures. He's got three passes defense, a forced fumble, and 10 tackles for loss. I mean, that's... That's some really good stuff. Jawan Bentley, you know, um, I think he's taken on uh, the the more of the Hightower role, and I think he's been good. And then, you know, you have the more athletic guys, uh, Raekwon McMillan, you know, Mac Wilson. I think they're going to utilize them more, uh, like when they start facing teams like the Bills, um, you know, maybe Arizona, where you have quarterbacks that can fly. But uh, overall, I think the linebackers have been really good. Jelani Tavai has been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, very you interesting. Know? And then Anthony Jennings, um, you know, he gives that depth as well. I think, you know, it took them a while. And we talked about this before the season. If the linebackers struggled going with the, the new faces, we would live with that. And I, I think they've been a lot better than we envisioned. It just took them a little time to find, you know, everyone's niche. And I think that might change from game to game, depending on who the opponent is. But I think they've been really good. Okay. I think they've been good too, Steve. But I would I would, I would, agree with everything that you just said. And Matt Judon deserves his flowers for sure. He, he, he probably isn't the front runner for defensive player of the year, but he should be in the conversation. Um, Absolutely. I think that on your – I think the problem with the linebackers – I don't really even have a problem with the A or A minus, like right in that range. I think that grade is fair. I would still say that the middle linebacker position to me is still a little bit of a question. I don't, I think Mac Wilson and Raquan McMillan have both been contributors. And the more I see from them, the more I believe they have a place on, on a team, but they're not, they're, they are kind of the roles that they're in now, you know, part time players. And I think Juwan Bentley has taken an elevated step. But I do think that they need – I would love to see another linebacker in the mix with a little more athleticism, you know, and and I, I, I athleticism without sacrificing the tackling ability and, you know, and th- that's a hard that's a hard thing to find. You know, there's not, a, there's not a lot of those guys in the league. But Mac Wilson, he's good, but he has been a liability in the run a couple of times. And I would say the same for Raquel McMillan, where Juwan Bentley plays the run really, really well, but – really just gets a little stuck in the mud sometimes because he doesn't have the feet. So I'd love to have a nice little compliment to Juwan Bentley. That'd be my only thing, but I agree with everything else you said. Okay. Derek, let's move on to the secondary. And before we go on, I just want to say this. I want to give kudos to Scott Hansen. I don't know how he does red zone the entire time. <laughs> I, and if you're wondering why I left, that's the reason. I don't understand how he does it. I, I don't know how he does it because, uh, 
there are times where you need to drop off, and I don't know how he does it, but congratulations to Scott Hansen for doing such a wonderful job. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, secondary as a whole we're doing? Cornerbacks and yes. safeties? Yes, secondary as a whole. Let's just do it as a whole, Dark. Hmm. This is going to be a good pass, guys. See here, a nice long break while I think about this for a Should second. I go to- I'm going to go B+. Plus. B plus. I'm going to go B+. Plus. I have been... I think the cornerback position has been something I have been pleasantly surprised with. Now, they haven't been perfect, have not been perfect. I will not say that. Um, I think that the veterans have been fine. Jonathan Jones has been terrific for the balance. I mean, there have been, obviously, there are moments, of course, but he's been terrific for the balance. Jack Jones's emergence has been huge. I love how they get Marcus Jones involved, you know, little by little, okay? Um I, I think that Jalen Mills has been a little up and down, but for the most part, okay. And the safeties have been great. I think Devin McCourty is playing better this year than he did last year. I think Adrian Phillips is another guy who maybe isn't underrated. Probably under – I don't think he's underrated by Patriots fans. I think Adrian Phillips is underrated by a lot of NFL – like a lot of other NFL fans. But I think he's still underappreciated by Patriots fans because the guy is just everywhere. I mean, he is awesome. And Kyle Duggar has been terrific when he's been on the field. Jabril Peppers, they've been, they, the Patriots play more four safety looks than anybody in the NFL at 31%. They play a lot of four safety looks. Um, and I, why, how can you blame them? They, I mean, the, the players are all playing well. You have to find roles for them, and they all do something a little bit different. Um, and I think we, this is something that we all talked about for months before the season started. So um, I'm going to go with a B. Plus. I think the secondary has been. Honestly, a very pleasant surprise. <clears throat> okay, Steve, we're going to end with you with a secondary. And, yes, we will get a, a grade from you guys on the coaches. That should be fun. But yes, before we do I, that, I, let's I go secondary. <laughs> I wrote on Sunday that the secondary was a B plus, And, I, you know, the exact quote, uh, first comp- paragraph was, the Patriots secondary was considered one of the weak spots on the team heading into the season. But it hasn't worked out that way. Jonathan Jones? I think um, he's been one of the biggest positive surprises on the team because we all knew what a valuable player he was in the slot, but moving him out to the outside where he doesn't quite have the height that you'd see, but you know what? He's been fantastic. And we all knew he was very athletic and fast and he's playing. He's playing like a number one shutdown corner. I'm not saying he is, but he's playing like that. You know, he has a couple of interceptions, uh, one of them for pick six, you know, and then, you know, with his athleticism, he blocked, a you know, a punt. So he's been fantastic. Jalen Mills, I think he's been fine. You know, he has his good and bad moments, but he's been hobbled a little bit too with injuries. And I think Jack and Marcus Jones are getting the perfect amount of reps for rookies, especially Jack, I think. He's a star in the making. Uh, I think he'll be, you know, depending on how next year plays out, he he might be a starting boundary corner. I wouldn't mind seeing them put him in the slot since they play so much nickel anyway. Um, You all know how I feel about Miles Bryant. The safeties have been excellent, I think. I mean, they have five guys who can play, which gives you a ton of versatility. And... You know, you still have a developmental guy in Joshua Bledsoe. But, you know, with all those guys, Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, you know, Adrian Phillips, I mean, 
you know, it just it goes on and on. And I think they're they're stacked at safety. It's still the deepest position on the team. And I think the secondary has been a source of strength for them this year when we were all concerned about it. Okay. Quickly, special teams, Steve, give a grade, and then I'll go to Derek because I want to end on the coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's I give them a B because Nick Folk has been, you know, Nick Folk. I mean, you, you know, it used to be, you know, uh, when a kick would go off, you kind of sit on the edge of your seat. If it's 50 yards or in, I sit back and I was like, this one's in the bank. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't worry about him at all. I think, uh, you know, Marcus Jones is he's going to break one before this season is over because okay. every week he's, he has you, you know, leaning forward because he's making some great plays. You know, we don't call Joe Cardona's name because he's been spot on. I think Brendan Schooler is going to be the next Matthew Slater. I, you know, Slater's still playing well. But I, I really like what they have in him. The only downside this year has been Jake Bailey. I think he got a case of the yips because he has not been himself. Okay. All right, Derek. I want your thoughts on the special teams. And then guess what? We're going to the coaches. Now, we do have about 10 to 15 minutes to do on the Jets. So I don't want to like spend way too much time on the coaches. But I do want to grade. So first no, of all. Feel free to give a grade on special teams, and then let's talk about the coaching stuff. Quickly on special teams, it's funny because Jake Bailey brings the group grade down. Coverage has been good. Um, Coverage has been good. Return's been good. Nick Folk's been unbelievable. By the way, Marcus Jones leading leading on a lot of statistics in the return game despite not playing three games. He's a prophecy. I love I love to see it, mostly because we talked about him pre-draft, and I love to be right, and he's validating me, so I feel <laughs> great about that. Um, Nick uh, Nick Foltz, but tremendous. Jake Bailey, honestly, we got to figure it out. He's the highest-paid punter in the NFL, guys. And he had a seven-yard punt the other day. Seven yards. I could punt seven yards. A lot of times people watch the NFL and be like, oh, I could do that. I could actually punt seven yards, I promise. I promise everyone listening right now. I, in fact, in fact, I know I can do it. Okay, I've done it. I could too. <laughs> All right. Anyways, okay. coaches, uh, coaches grade D. It's been ter- it's been it's been terrible. Okay. Um, wow. We're going up hot and strong there. A D. Okay. It has been it has been terrible. Um, I just I think the bill has been good for the most part. I think that Steve and Gerard have been good for the most part. I think on the offense, the coaching and the offensive line have submarined this team horribly. And it is really holding this team back in a lot of ways. I think they need some offensive direction. I think they need some uh, ingenuity. There's not a lot of design. There's not a lot of creativity. It's just so bland on offense. And there's so many issues up front between the offensive line and then the coaching. I... I'm going to go D. It's probably a little harsh when you consider how well they've done um, uh, on defense, but offense has been so bad that it's just really hard to overlook it, guys. Okay. Steve, did you give a grade for the coaches too? I did. I okay. gave them I gave them a C because I think the defensive coaches have been just fine. In fact, my coach of the year for the Patriots at, at this point is anybody, anyone, Bueller, Bueller. Uh, Mike Pellegrino. Okay. Secondary coach. 
doing a great job. I mean, you know, we, we were all worried about the secondary coming in. Those guys are playing really, really well. So I gave him top grade. I think the defensive coaches have been really good. I mean, we don't have much concerns defensively. It's all offensive. It is, Steve. Good stuff. Great job by the two of you breaking down and giving grades for all the positions, including giving a grade for the coaches. But coming up next, we're on to the Jets. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Jets. They're very interesting. I've been impressed with the Jets, except for the quarterback. It keeps coming back to the quarterback. I don't know if that's where you guys are going on this. I think the head coach has done a decent job. But whenever I watch the Jets, especially in the last game, I keep saying to myself, they're heading in the right direction, but the quarterback. Derek, thoughts on the Jets? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think that, with the Jets, you know, they have a lot of young players. And with similar to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when you have a lot of young players uh, and, and a lot of talented players, or I think the Jets do have, you know, you're going to have some ups and downs. And I think, when you know, with Robert Sala, where kind of all starts the head coach, I think he has that defense playing great. And it helps when you have someone like Quinn and Williams who's taken a nice step forward up front. And someone like Ahmad Sauce Gardner as a cornerback playing at such a high level. Honestly, one of the he's playing at like a top cornerback in the league. And we have seen that in New England in the past, where when you have one of those top cornerbacks, it changes how you do everything on defense. And he's done that for the Jets defense. And they're playing with an aggression and with a speed. And that defense is legit. Um, offensively, you know, they want to run the ball. Losing Brees Hall was big for them. Losing um, Elijah Vera Tucker was big for them. But they still have some weapons on that offensive side. I think they have a nice group of receivers. Offensive line is playing is playing pretty good. Um, I think that it does come back to the quarterback, Russ, like you said. And I think for Zach Wilson, um, it comes down to turnovers. If they cannot shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers, they're going to be in a lot of games. I'm not saying they're going to win them all, but they're going to be in a lot. They they take themselves out of games when he plays poorly, and sometimes it's them asking him to do too much. And if I'm Robert Sala and the coaching staff, the entire bye week, I am going to uh, I I am I am going to tell Zach Wilson take it take a negative play like in terms of a sack or throw it away. Do not give the ball to the other team because the Patriots will win if they turn the ball over a bunch like last time. And if they don't, it's going to be a really close one. Okay. 
Steve, over to you on the Jets. I think Derek nailed it by talking about the quarterback, but I'll take it one step further. It's about the interceptions, but for me, what will be the difference in Zach Wilson's career decision-making? And I could say the same thing about Mac Jones. It'll come down to how good of a decision-maker are you? Because right now, I think he's a horrific decision-maker. And I think ultimately that's why you see all the interceptions. It's not a confidence because you could be confident it's being able to make the right decisions when you need to. And he does not. Nope. That's been his issue. And, you know, part of that, I, I talked with Antoine Staley, our old buddy, who, uh, you know, is the beat writer for the Jets now for the New York Daily News. And I spoke with him yesterday and he said, you know, part of it is Zach Wilson was never really tested in college. He played at BYU they didn't play a really tough schedule. And, you know, he thought he could make every throw when he was in college and frequently did. But those throws aren't going to cut it in the NFL. And the the thing, like Derek said, I, I believe, you know, when that team believes in Robert Sala, you know, you can see by the way they're playing, they, they're full of confidence and he's got that defense playing at a high level. And as we all know, defense travels. You know, when you have a really good defense, that will keep you in a lot of games and give you a chance to pull that out. We saw, you know, two weeks ago against yeah. the Bills. I mean, they held the yeah. Bills to 17 points. Um, you know, they're they're going on the road, I, I think, this week. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, they're going on the road to New England. Uh, so, um you know, defense travels, and yep. what they have to do is be able to run the ball. And, again, the last time the Patriots held them to 51 yards, they firmly planted the ball in uh, Zach Wilson's hand. And, again, decision-making and some of the throws he made turned that game around. They did, Steve, and that's what it comes back to me with, with the Jets because everyone's like, well, the Jets are right there, and – the Jets are headed in the right direction, but they'll only go as far as that quarterback is going to take them. And like I said, we could say the same thing about the Patriots. The Patriots can can have everything else. The coaching staff can be doing a better job coaching. Defense could be playing great, as you said, Steve, it travels. But if the quarterback isn't making the right decisions, ultimately you, you can win, but can you win it all? And the answer is no. And we found that out with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was that elite best player I've ever seen quarterback. We're spoiled by it. So when you see someone that can't do it or has issues with it, that just tells me you can only go to a certain level. So it'll come down to him. So let's break it down, guys. Derek will go to you first. Which team has the advantage? The Patriots are on offense. And the Jets are on defense in the running game. Two strengths here. Yeah, no, seriously, it is uh, two two very strong units. I, I'll say the Patriots by a hair. Uh, they've done a really nice job running the ball this uh, this year. I, I do think the Jets' defense is for real, but the Patriots have done a really nice job running the ball. I'm going to give them just just a slight edge in this, and I I do think both teams. Obviously, their identity is to run the ball, play good defense. Um, I think the Patriots have shown, and Ramondre Stevenson have shown, really, especially over the last month prior to the bye, that they 
um, can run the ball on anyone. And I think that's why I'm going to give them the edge. Okay. Steve, over to you. Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Jets are on defense in the passing game? Jets. I mean, uh, you go back to that first meeting, the, the Jets sacked Jones six times, hit him a bunch more. He was sacked four times by the Colts last week. That's 10 sacks in the last two games. Terrible. The offensive line is not giving him time to go through any kind of progressions. And, you know, as a result, you know, you, you have Jacoby Myers, who's running really short routes, um, you know, who keeps the chains moving. But for the most part, he's getting five and six yards, you know, per, per reception. And Ramondre Stevenson and, you know, your other uh, wide receivers and tight ends who work the middle of the field, they're not getting targeted hardly at all because he has no time. And like Derek said, with Sauce Gardner back there, he takes a lot of that stuff away and he allows them to play <clears throat> aggressive. So um, I give the Jets the advantage here big time. Okay. Right back to you. Patriots are on defense. The Jets are on offense in the running game. Who do you give the advantage to? As you've mentioned already, the Jets are dealing with issues with their running game now. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes to the offensive line. Um, you know, they lost Brees Hall and, you know, um, they brought in James Robinson. He didn't play the first meeting. You know, they have Michael Carter, who I think is a good back. Robinson is a good back. But, you know, they uh, they weren't able to run the ball because the Patriots put a premium on stopping the run uh, last last meeting a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm going to give the Patriots the advantage here. I, I know that. Um, you know, the Jets are, are going through basically the same thing the Patriots are offensively. Okay. Derek, over to you. The Patriots are on defense. The Jets are on offense in the passing game. We were just talking about Zach Wilson and the yep. Patriots secondary. So who do you give the advantage to? The Patriots. I mean, I, I, I think that Zach Wilson, just like Tua has kind of beat up on the Patriots defense, the Patriots defense has taken advantage of Zach Wilson. I mean, sometimes units just have a guy's number and, and Zach Wilson has not been able to figure the Patriots out. Um, I think that Steve uh, Gerard and Bill have spun the dial on him quite a bit. I'm sure they'll do the same this week. It's all about just making him push to the bad decisions. And um, I, I think the secondary uh, they will be challenged by a, you know, a group with, I don't know if Corey Davis is healthy for this game, but he should be, but like Corey Davis, Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, that's a that's a good trio of receivers for the Jets, but I don't trust the quarterback's decision-making, and that's why I'm giving the Patriots the advantage on this one. Okay. To end the show, we're going to go to three keys to victory and prediction. Derek, give me your first crack at it. Give me your three keys to victory and your prediction for this game. Well, I, I just need to see the Patriots, for one, just, just stop – kind of shooting themselves in the foot on these drive-killing penalties, drive-killing decisions. They have had a really hard time scoring touchdown guys when they're not being set up, you know, on the on their own 40-plus. Like, it's like it, if they can be around the 40 when they start, then they usually can kind of get a drive going. When they're on their own 20, it's like they have no shot. And Nick Folk's been a hero and savior in that aspect. They need to really stop killing themselves with their own penalties, bad turnovers, you know, bad decision-making, you know, negative plays. Um, you know, 
I, I just, I think they need to stop hurting themselves first and foremost. Second of all, I think you need to figure out a way to clean up the offensive line play, specifically on the interior. Quinn and Williams is a monster, and I know David Andrews is back, thankfully, but Cole Strange got his lunch money taken from him on the last meeting, and uh, I'm not confident it's not going to happen again. Uh, and and it, and that's a little bit of a knock on Cole Strange, but not really. Quinn Williams is one of the best interior players in the whole league. Yep. So let's let's take it for what it's worth, right? Uh, and the third key for me, guys, honestly, it's just converting in the red zone. They 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 have really not been able to punch it in. Football math seven beats three. I'm still going Patriots to win. I think it'll be a little close, but 26-20 Patriots. Okay. Steve, over to you. Give me your three keys and then also your prediction. Okay. um, Number one, I think the offense has to stretch the field this week horizontally. And I I say that because, you know, we've all talked about the lack of creativity on offense. They need to get Mac under center. They need to run some play action and then, you know, use some uh, misdirection, have everyone start to flow to the left, throw the ball across the field to the right, get somebody like Tyquan Thornton or Kendrick Bourne, you know, the ball in some space where they're allowed to use their athleticism. I think that's really big for them this week. That's the only thing that's going to get this passing game going. I think number two, I, I think, you know, um, you you have to force the ball once again into Zach Wilson's hands. He hasn't shown he can beat the Patriots yet. So stopping that running game, to me, is imperative. You can't let them have third and manageable. It has to be third and seven, third and eight consistently. And that will force him into making mistakes, as we've seen him do many times. And, you know, hopefully generating a couple more turnovers. And the third is in the battle of the trenches, your offensive line has to be better than theirs. I mean, how many times, you know, have we seen this? When the Patriots are able to run the football, it opens up a lot more avenues for them. The Jets are the same way. Their offensive line was terrible in the last game, especially in the second half, you know, where – Matthew Judon took the game over and made life miserable for Zach Wilson. And, and I think it has to be the same this, this time around. I know that, you know, I had said earlier in the season that I thought the Patriots and Jets were going to split the season series this year. But since the Patriots kind of threw a monkey wrench into that by winning on the road, I'm going to give them a little bit of home field advantage 2017. Wow. Very interesting. So you're both predicting a Patriots victory. I'm going to make it a three. I'm going to, and actually predict them to win by three. I'm going to say it's going to be 13 to 10. I think it's going to be very low scoring. So I'm going to say 13 to 10. I don't think the Patriots can score. And I think they're going to make, talk about the Patriots defense, Zach Wilson struggle. I, I see it again. I've watched it every single time. He has struggled. As Derek said, very good point by Derek. Look at the brain on Derek. Because for whatever reason, the Patriots have his number. They just do. Certain quarterbacks, they do. Certain quarterbacks, they don't. Mobile quarterbacks, they certainly don't. I think we can all agree on that. But Zach Wilson, it's different. If you're a bad decision maker, that goes right into the Patriots' hands. 13 to 10 pats. 
All right. Good show, guys. Very good show. Before we go, I do want to mention, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and also an Apple podcast on YouTube. Ian Logue, who is the owner and king man of patsfans.com. He is the head of patsfans.com. Puts a lot of effort putting these videos up. So please do subscribe on YouTube. So you can watch us on, on YouTube. You can see Derek smiling. That's always a plus for me. So I, I like Chris's three keys to victory. Three keys to victory. Should I mention that before we go, guys? Pop it up there. That I okay. think that's great. Okay. All right. All right. Before we go, from Steve Balsher, he has a little request. Three keys to victory. Fire Matt Patricia. Fire Matt Patricia. See if Joe Judge can call plays. Spoiler alert. He can't. By the way, oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about the Devin McCourty thing. Tell me you guys heard this. Uh, I have not, so why don't Okay, you real can... quick, real, real quick, okay? okay? Devin McCourty was a guest analyst on CBS on su- last Sunday during the bye week. You guys didn't hear him, his comment? No. no. He's talking, they, ta- they asked him about the Giants. He said, I spoke to Xavier McKinney over the weekend. Giant safety came from Alabama, okay? He said, he said, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing here very strongly. He basically said that, yeah, like, you know, the, you know, Dave, Dave's Dave all, you know, is doing a great job for the giants. It's fun. It's, it's easy. It's loose. Not like it was with Joe judge. Devin McCourty said that on CBS. Like, and the audio is there at Felger mass was playing it. And I know a couple other Boston radio stations were playing it. It was it was an unnecessary shot uh, at Joe Judge, in my eyes, anyways. It was a very interesting take for, you know, it, it's one thing for me if Devin had just said he had talked to Xavier McKinney and he had said how much, how, how well the Giants were playing for Brian Dayball. I think you could say that without throwing the Judge part in there. It felt to me a little unnecessary. I don't know. You'll have to listen to the audio. You'll have to, you'll have to find the audio, listen to it yourself and be the judge because it seems like one judge. of those things where he could have made his point without without saying the, the name of the of, of joe of joe judge just <laughs> okay point. well since Devin mccourty made a shot i'm gonna make a shot and i'm gonna say because you said that someone was playing the audio can i just say the worst example of a radio show in boston is felger and mass including when greg bernard is on i would recommend no one listening or watching what they do because they are an embarrassment to all of us here in New England. That's how I'm ending the show. That's my shot. So let's wrap this up. For Steve Balsheri <laughs> and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. Go Pats. <laughs>